Welcome to The Christian Atheist, where faith and reason fuse in the Incarnation. Episode number 126, Chatterview with Jennifer Gillardi. Part 2. Before you turned to God, what did he look like to you? I mean, yeah, I wouldn't, I mean, I had no relationship with Jesus. The difference I would say is it's more, it is more personal. The the things I was trying to feel so deeply in meditations, I was trying to get there by meditating two hours a day and praying to gods and goddesses and of like the Hindu faith, which clearly I'm not, <laughs> not Indian, I'm Greek and I'm Italian. So I, I was, I was trying so hard to have this, to feel this love, just experience it. And it never really came. And Mm -hmm. now I don't even have to do much. I mean, I have daily practices of prayer and meditation still, which is, again, that was a great thing from my discipline of 10 years in yoga and tantra and meditation. I I have a daily practice. I don't have to convince myself, but I also don't have to sit there for three hours anymore and try to like work up into it. Yeah, this this mm-hmm. feeling of God, it's like everywhere present now. And, and it keeps growing. The more I read about my faith, the more I practice my faith, the more I'm challenged, mm-hmm. deeply, deeply challenged. Like I've not been challenged like I have in the past year. I definitely had low points in my life, but have not been challenged like I have personally, right. as I have with my walk with Christ. Much different, right? Yeah. And there's, there's meaning to it. So you're a driven person. So what did you think when you came to the realization of what the progressive movement has done, you know, to you, you went to the other side and mm-hmm. then you look back and you look, you're like, oh my word, did you see the damage before you, you turned or did you, was it like eye opening? It was eye opening. It's, <laughs> I keep telling people did with you, it and I'm, I'm working on a piece right now. I hope to have it done soon, but kind of the long, it's called the long, slow march to the left. Because it tends to be very insidious, because yeah. it shrouds itself in very nice language, compassion, lives matter, right? Black lives matter. Yeah. Like it's all very much shrouded in in nice language, to be honest. Right. I mean, right. I, you know, you think you're a good person because you're standing up for something, and and then you realize that these people are the most vitriolic, hateful, <laughs> exactly. like intolerant, quite yeah. frankly. Right. And people. were you shocked? At that point, when you when it dawned on you, or did you secretly kind of know all of that all along? No, I had a moment. I, I always speak <laughs> about this incident, and I'll, I'll tell you here. I don't know how many times I've told it. I've told it to people before. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've said it to the public. So I was in an acting class before COVID hit, and we started to do classes online once COVID hit. We would get on Zoom like everybody did, which inherently felt awful to me. I don't know how people <laughs> tolerated this BS. I, I mean, know. it is great for this kind of interaction, right? Where we can talk because we're, we're not close away, by. We right. can have an interview, right? But like to have an acting class over Zoom, <laughs> I don't know. It, to be honest, it became like ther- like a therapy session. Right, um, right. And one of the things that Christ did, to be honest, is rebuild my self-confidence. And so I didn't constantly need these therapy sessions all the time, yeah. right? Like I constantly, it wasn't, I didn't need to be around people wallowing in self-pity all the time right? and doing all this self-help stuff. But anyway, that's a side note. So we were in this acting class online and this was the day after the George Floyd incident had happened. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so we're all emotionally gyrating about right. how terrible and and uh, granted I felt this was awful this was you know 
I also thought like, well, maybe we should wait until the facts come out <laughs> yeah. to see what happened. But no, everybody's right. whipped into an emotional frenzy. Okay, fine. Right. I participated. I was on, I was on board at this point. Yeah. I had just read, I think my friend gave me the book White Fragility. So I'm like, oh my God, I'm a terrible person. I'm sure I had something to do with this. <laughs> We're in this acting class. And yeah, an acting class. An acting class, yeah. an acting class right. <laughs> yeah. We're all, I mean, listen, what people don't understand, there are some good things about acting classes is it really does get you to like the core of your emotions, but it's all about the core of your emotions. You're not supposed to think too much about yeah. your reaction to things. That's what makes acting acting, right? You're not right. supposed to filter yourself or you're supposed to really just react to your emotions. Right. Well, that doesn't work so great in the real world. It's great, great. <laughs> and for a movie because mm-hmm. who wants to watch somebody going through their day, you know, making breakfast, making washing reaction. their hair? Like that's that's not an interesting movie. <laughs> Movies are all about the emotional highs, right? The, right. the things that pull us at our heartstrings. So anyway, so there are some good things about that. It really gets you in touch with your feelings, which to be honest, a lot of people have a hard time doing. I did not. (laughs) I was overly emotional, overly sensitive. So I didn't have a hard time with that. Anyway, we're sitting there. We're all like kind of saying, oh, I really need to look at my participation, how I played a role in this, in the society that allowed this to happen. And I'm like, okay, you know, we're all doing that. And it did feel a little odd to me how I was supposed to feel like this tremendous sense of loss mm-hmm. for somebody I didn't know, or that I was really supposed to put my life on hold yeah. for one person's death when a lot and, of people die every day right. in terrible ways, right. you know, in horrific ways. And and people, sorry, that that do a lot less worse than this guy, mm-hmm. right? a lot more innocent lives. Right. So... All of that to say, like I get through the acting class, blah, blah, blah. That evening, I'm going down the rabbit hole of YouTube and somehow I land on a Facebook page by Candace Owens. Oh, yeah. No clue who this girl is. No. <laughs> Never saw her before. I am as apolitical as it gets at this point. Although I right. didn't know. I mean, I was political, but I didn't know it. I was putting, you know, I was saying all the right terms of the left, but right. I didn't think I was political. You know what I mean? Because it was all social. It was all for the good of the of the world. This isn't political at all. Right. I'm just a good person. I'm a good right. person. So as far as like knowing who's on what news station, what liberal media even is like, I'm in the fit. I have no clue. Okay. So real quick, you didn't, you didn't see there was a, like a distinguishment between liberal and conservative media at that time. Mm-mm. I mean, I knew my mom watched Fox News a lot. But yeah. I was like, I can't stand the noise on either side, to be honest. Right. I never right. had a television, so I don't watch the news. I don't turn it on to explicitly go there. I had no idea what was yeah. going on in the world. Yeah. So this is 2020. Yeah. I think, 2020. No I think you said Jonathan Haidt's research showed that when you're on the left, you don't have any idea, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah you don't know, had, understand the other side. explicitly has done research on this. Jonathan Haidt, the um, psychologist. Oh, I love him. I love his work. Oh, yeah, me too. He's done yeah. research on it, and the research proves that the right does understand the left. The left has no clue about the right. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I'd love to, I'll have to look that up because I, yeah. I, his book was also, I, we had to read that for one of my courses in my first year. The Coddling, Coddling of the American Mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is another great tangent, but I had a class called Manliness. <laughs> And we had to read um, Coddling of the American Mind. Anyway, I'm a big fan so of anyway, work and Greg Lukanoff. Okay. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. I, so I come across Candace Owens on Facebook <laughs> and she's making the argument about like, 
okay, what happened is terrible. Yes, we can all agree upon that. But why are we making this man a martyr? This was not an upstanding citizen. He had multiple arrests. He had held a pregnant woman up to gunpoint. He had robbed people. He was a drug addict. Like, this isn't Thomas Aquinas we're talking about here, (laughs) you know? So what are we doing? And I was like, huh, girl's got a point. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I sent that video to my acting class. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly, I had no idea. Like you said, the left doesn't know. Like I had no clue. I'm like, this is just a good point. She's making a good, solid. I think somehow my logical brain, my my education kicked in. My brain that I had shut off for maybe 10 years kicked in. And I was like, sister's got a point. So I sent this to my class. (laughs) Crickets. Crickets. How did you send it? Just on... On social just an media email, or- just an just an email. email. Like, okay, hey, this think, is yeah. you know, since we're talking about this tonight or last night, <laughs> I just thought this was like an interesting point. You yeah. know, food for thought. Well, <laughs> yeah, no one responded except for one woman, and sh- her first response. I still have these emails. I won't search them to get you know word for word. No, I know what you're saying. But she responded and said, Jennifer, thank you for sending this. This is a interesting perspective or opposite perspective from clearly an articulate young black woman. <laughs> intelligent. I believe she used the word art- intelligent, maybe. I'm like, oh, okay. I thought so too. That's exactly what I thought. Yeah. Interesting. Half an hour later, I get another email from her. Jennifer, this is Candace Owens from Fox News. How dare you send this? <laughs> Don't you blah, 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 blah. And just like ripping me a new one. <laughs> That's interesting because a half an hour ago, she was an intelligent young black woman. And now right. she's the devil. Right. I was like, something's not right. right. And that really was, that was it. Yeah. And so I started, people laugh. I'm like, I started listening to Joe Rogan and Jordan Peterson and... <laughs> You know, Joe Rogan is by no means a conservative. Not a conservative at all. But But he's open-minded. He's open-minded and he questions and he has people on his show that I found. I think that's how I heard Jordan Peterson and started listening to Reason again. And he's a big, you know, talks a lot about the logos and how God is logos. And it was all of this confluence of events. And I was kind of going through this self-guided coaching program. So maybe the self-help did help a little bit. That really Mm -hmm. made you kind of own your own shit look at your life and say, where am I responsible? And I'd always said, I don't want to be a victim. And yet my whole life I had been playing, well, not my whole life, but for the past 10 years, I'd been playing one to be sure. Anytime you, you buy into that ideology, you're going to buy into that, that mentality of victimhood. Someone's always got to be the victim. That is, that is the game. Right. It's a power struggle always. It's Marxism. So, and that's what underlies everything pretty much. Power. Yeah, yeah, right. And and if you, that's why, you know, a lot of them don't like God because you're saying, oh, I'm submitting my way to, to greater authority. Right. And John's real big on Hegel. Are you familiar with Hegel, yeah. yeah. I don't know much about, about yeah, that's work, what, but enough. Basically, you kind of did your dissertation on him, right? So on Jean Paul Sartre and yeah. uh, the connection to German idealist philosophy. Yeah. 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 Um, you probably would enjoy the Christian atheists. If you listen, Start at the beginning and work your way forward yeah. until you can't take it anymore. <laughs> okay, I will. Because it gets really deep. and Maybe I might have to interview after just to get some insight into this piece I'm writing, because I know about kind of politically how the progressive left happened. You know, I know a lot about like kind of Margaret Sanger and the German influence. But what I'm fascinated by and what I've wanted to dig into is how they've infiltrated the education system. 
and how they kind of came thing. over. Isn't all that that's from they said, you know, go and, and infiltrate the education that, that we see the fruits of that oh, labor yeah. right now. That's Antonio Gramsci and yeah. March to the, yeah, the, the, the long March to the, to the institutions. Yeah. Right. Yep. right. right. Yep. So they, so, yeah, they've not. And I trace it even farther back. Yeah, he traces it back to Hegel. <laughs> yeah, I go back philosophically yeah. and it's, it's, it gets deep and I probably shouldn't have done it as a podcast, but I, it was <laughs> like Jeremiah, the, the word was burning in my belly yeah. and I had to let it go you forth. You had to. Yeah. yeah, you had to let it burn, like let that fire burn because, and that's kind of <laughs> how I feel. It's like every time I think, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, what am I doing? I'm in the wrong bit. I should just go back to teaching fitness. I get in, in these conversations with people yeah. and I just, I, I get lit on fire. So I don't know where my place in the world is with right. this yet. And how but... long has it been now? How many so years? I kind of returned to Christ in September of 2021. Mm-hmm. Right. And I graduated from Pepperdine School of Public Policy this past April, and I'm writing. I actually am just switching in the process of switching writing jobs from this kind of obscure website that nobody ever read to the New York Sun. Okay. I'm writing for the New York Sun now, I think, if it goes well. Are you, you uh, saying about, is it 1942? Is 1945 the was the website 45. I was writing for. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you write a lot. Yeah. I mean, Two you're pieces like, a day. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Just cranking them out, yeah. You know, but I say contributing to the kind of the moral outrage, but which I don't like. I don't like feeling like I'm just contributing to the noise. I really right. want to make sure my pieces have something to say that I feel passionately about. Beyond, yeah, you know, beyond just the like Trump trials or you know, or yeah. Well, there's a lot there. A lot of those are. <laughs> I, I, there's a lot of he he offers a lot of fodder <laughs> because it's so antithetical to the federalist system. He's so antithetical to a democratic republic. You know, I, again, I, I, I'm not completely closed off to progressive ideas, right? Mm -hmm. I'd love for us to be able to be a sustainable, solar-powered, wind-powered economy. We, we can't. It's impossible. Mm -hmm. Resources mm -hmm. are going to be used. So there's always mm -hmm. trade-offs. And right. it's just, we're just not there. And we right, never will right. be completely carbon neutral. You can't be. I and mean, it's, it's just mm -hmm. a preposterous idea. So, right. you know, I'm all for renewable energy to an extent, right. to the extent right. that people can live free, you know, and not be confined right. to like, if you, you can't travel five miles outside of a certain radius yeah. because of your electric <laughs> vehicle. And by the way, sorry, you can't charge it today because there's just not enough. There's not enough electricity. Yeah. Electricity. And right. by the way, guess what fuels that electricity, you know, when you don't have enough coal? Right. So, <laughs> again, when it goes against common sense and logic, I, I listen to both sides of the argument. Well, what do you say about the left? You say about how they're good at seeing the changes that need, you know, they see the problem. Oh, yeah. See the okay. Problem. So we're actually going back to yeah, sort of the, the to... fundamental yeah. idea that the human race has been divided into two distinct ways of looking at the world, the liberal and the conservative way. And both are vital, important for mm -hmm. any yeah. vibrant society. You can't function as a society without having both. Correct. But when one side gets extremely unbalanced, and yes. we are so unbalanced to the left right now, that it will destroy us. And the yeah. thing about the two, and I'll shut up again here, because I'm trying to stay in the background here. No, 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 jump <laughs> you're, you're, in. All it. the things you're saying are triggering me and I want to jump in too. Yeah. <laughs> um, the conservatives, when it gets unbalanced towards the conservative position, it takes a long time for the society to die. When the left gets unbalanced, it kills it really, really quickly. 
Yeah. And we're in the midst of yeah. killing ourselves incredibly quickly yeah. right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like they want to tear down everything. It's like, well, yeah. you know, it's the idea of like, well, don't tear down the fence before you know why it's there. You exactly. Know? Right. The other right. one I love is like, you can be so open-minded, your brain falls out. It's like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> you know, right. you're and- right. You're absolutely right. You need both. This is, again, I go back to my tantric teachings and this is the feminine and the masculine, the yin and the yang. We it, it, Every tradition has some sort of balance around it. It's And it's why I do say, and I have no problem saying that I do be, believe Christianity is a superior religion. I mean, you had the very conservative rule of law, God of Judaism, and then you had the grace and the love and the f- compassion and forgiveness of Jesus. You know, and and Jesus is actually both. He he encompassed both. He didn't say get rid of the law. He said, "I'm here to fulfill it." Right, right. And and to give a little grace and to give a little of progressive. I mean, and and then the progressive tries to like snag Jesus and say, "Oh, he was the the ultimate liberal, the ultimate progressive. He dined with with tax collectors and and whores." Yeah, but but he also said, "Go and sin no more. Stop your exactly." You know, he didn't. He didn't. He wasn't this all accepting person. You had didn't to rub out the boundaries. I was just going to no. say, set up the boundaries and we're inside of the boundaries, being able to explore everything, but within those boundary lines, you know, and the right. boundaries are humongous, actually. The boundaries that yeah, got never like, ending. Yeah. His boundaries yeah. aren't like that restrictive. They're pretty, I mean, God's given us a lot of leeway. It's just, just stay within these traditional boundaries, male, female, you know, right. the, well, natural the, the order, marriage. you, you right. can take it out of Christianity and just put natural right. order of the, there has right. to be order. And we have, right. like you said, John, there's no order. We, all we have is chaos right now. And look at the world. It is complete chaos. And when I look at it from this kind of tantric philosophy perspective, it is the feminine gone wild. There right. is no masculine. Right. And look what we've done. <laughs> what we've torn down masculinity. And yeah. it's just chaos, but you need, yeah, I, you need the creative and the flow of the feminine. But again, you need the, it's like a river without the banks, you he, know, he always said, what do you call it? The I, I say we have, we have maternalized the culture and infantilized the population. Right. Correct. Yeah. 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 But, but yeah, this was, oh. and then, and then you can get into like how feminism played a role in this. And, you know, sometimes I boil this down to like, you've got to stop warring with the opposite sex. You have got this, this, again, it's another power dynamic. Instead of women, the feminist movement saying, okay, we accept men's role in the world and we're not trying to overtake it. We're not trying to dominate it. We're trying to complement it. And then how can we do that within our own legal rights? Now it's just, a, it's, they just want a complete reversal and it, right. it can't work. We have to stop this war right. of male, female, masculine, feminine, one's better than the other. You need right. both. You need both to right. create another human life. You need both to create a society. You need, I mean, it's like, you need both. It's, it's literally an inversion. Mm-hmm. And I, this is why I trace it back you, to Hegel. Yeah, this is what you talk about um, with Hegel. You, you turn the culture on its head. Mm. And when you when you put a pyramid on its point, it's not going to stand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and no foundation. I mean, it's like right out of Isaiah. You taking, you're taking evil for good and good for evil. Right, right, right. Up, upside down, the upside down world, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that's what that's what he's been working on, the Christian atheist, for a long time. But when getting back to what we were saying about liberal and conservative, what I meant was that you said about how the liberal they're able to um, see the problem and raise awareness, right? And the conservatives are here to you know get it taken care of, to get it done. But but the problem yeah. is 
the liberals, when they're in power, then they turn everything upside down. And then that's where we are now. Yeah, the liberal, I think, yeah. as I've come to understand it, should be. And you're talking about like capital L liberal, right? Not like just the liberal order of well, society. I, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah. Yeah, liberal, not taking it completely out of the party thing, because almost we've, in, we've changed yeah. positions in the modern right. world. Right. Conservatives are now liberals and liberals are now right. conservatives. Right. Um, but yeah, I well, mean, I would say the is... conservatives still want to try to uphold the little L liberal order, the right. liberal democracy where you have the right to choose your religion. I'm not going to persecute you for that. Right. I don't agree with it, but we all have to learn how to get along. That's kind of the little liberalism. Yeah, he's yeah. Ta- you're talking about the big. Yeah, kind of, kind of the way I think of it is really in relation to borders. Conservatives tend to like really strong, powerful borders. And mm-hmm. the liberals type, like to look at those borders and say, no, 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 we got to, we've got to break that down or lessen Completely. it. Or make, right. And, and there's a good role for that yeah. because when you look at any society, there's always going to be people on the margins whose lives could be made better by making corrections. Right. And that's mm-hmm. the role of the liberal. But mm-hmm. the problem is when they get in charge, and I don't think liberals should ever be in charge, <laughs> not that they shouldn't have influence, but they shouldn't be running things in the way in which they've been running them in the Western world for the last 120 years or so, right. because it just constantly, one thing after another, you're pulling out, as you said a little while ago, without knowing why the fence is there, you're ripping the fence out. And that's dangerous because there might very well be something really bad on the other reason. side of the fence. Yeah. Well, what I what I've noticed is that they're all about destruction, Mm -hmm. a destruction of a life, Mm -hmm. whether it's abortion, it's all the destruction of the family unit, the destruction of borders, the it's all taking down, tearing things down, deconstructing. Right. I have to deconstruct even this this tendency and now in Christianity to deconstruct the faith, to deconstruct everything. Well, you better damn well have have another system in place before you take something down. (laughs) And they don't. It's the same thing with green energy. You're going to take down our fossil. You're going to deconstruct the system of energy. You don't have a better system in place yet. Perfect that. And then we'll talk about it. But it's there's nothing life giving about it. It's all it's not life affirming. Right. This is what I find. There's nothing life affirming about it. And this is where it relates to my faith is like, I mean, abortion is not life affirming. I don't care what you say. You can argue whether it should a woman should have a choice to do it, but it's not life affirming in any way. It's destructive. You are destroying a life. I am a Christian with the searching and skeptical mind of an atheist. I don't want to believe anything that isn't true. I know both sides of the looking glass and I know them with open eyes. I choose Christ's side. I invite you to join me from wherever you stand before the looking glass. That's this week's episode. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can have your religious cake and eat it too. You can have reason, respect for science, a 21st century worldview, and be a Christian.